How's it going, everybody? Today, I'm very excited to announce my guest. He's a former All-PSAC Conference wide receiver, a former Gannon University standout, and a member of the XFL's DC Defenders, Tyler Palka. How are we doing today, brother? I'm doing well, Mike. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to be on the show and look forward to talking to you today, man. Yeah, no worries, no worries. So, first and foremost, we have to wrap the hometown. Tell us a little bit about your hometown and what makes it so unique. Yeah, well, uh, I'm actually born and raised in Toledo, Ohio. Um, so I played three years at a school called Toledo Whitmer. Uh, very strong football school, very strong athletic school. I enjoyed every bit of my time there. Um, and then I went my senior year up to Celine because my dad was the, the high school coach. So I followed him to Celine. Um, I got nothing but love for the entire Celine community, that whole Ann Arbor area. You know, I really, really enjoyed my year or year and a half there. And, uh, you know, I still coach there in the offseason with my dad and uh, really love it up there. So, yeah, nothing but love for both Toledo and, um, you know, Celine, Ann Arbor area. And that's where I'm from. And, I, you know, I, I rep both of those cities pretty proudly. Yeah, as you should. Um, so tell us a little bit about your recruiting journey, both, you know, at both schools, really. I mean, I, whenever your recruiting journey started, how you ended up at Gannon? Uh, yeah, good question. So I was a quarterback um, all the way through high school. And, um, you know, I had uh, a pretty good junior year, pretty good senior year number wise and ended up having um, a, a multiple amount of Division two offers uh, from like Saginaw Valley, from Grand Valley State, Wayne State. None of the schools in the PSAC um, just because I was a Michigan guy. So more, you know, GLIAC, which is all um, Great Lakes school. So Michigan and uh, ended up taking the uh, offer to, to Saginaw Valley. I was very excited about it. Saginaw Valley, great football school. Um, great school, great community, all that stuff is great up there. And uh, ended up playing there for, I was there for, um, I think about three and a half, three seasons. So my redshirt year, my redshirt freshman year, redshirt sophomore year, then I transferred. Um, and I loved it there, man. I, I started um, a handful of games here and there at quarterback, played a lot of games, um, you know, had a lot of, had a lot of early success, uh, but just had to make a transfer switch. Um, new coach came in. Uh, our new offense kind of switched things up and uh, decided to open the recruiting process up. And I had two years left of eligibility and um, ended up having to choose between a school in Michigan called Ferris State, which I was pretty excited about. And uh, and then I, you know, I sent an email to Gannon University just because, honestly, my dad and I sent the emails in driving radius to where I'm from. Um, never had been to Erie, you know, none of that stuff. And then I, I took a visit to Erie uh, at Gannon University and I really kind of fell in love with the campus, man. It, I mean, it's, as you know, it's right downtown Erie, Pennsylvania, right on the water. Um, you know, very proud football school there as well. And, uh, you know, I took the opportunity there. Coach Rizicki was the head coach at the time, Coach Hoig, the offensive coordinator. Um, and I committed and, uh, you know, I don't regret any any second of that decision. I loved my time in Erie. Yeah, man, we loved having you for sure. Because, you know, you, you started off as quarterback, you know, again, and then you switched to wide receiver as a senior. You had a ton of success. Um, how difficult of a transition was that? And who kind of helped you in that transition? Um, I would say, you know, that's a good question. I was very proud quarterback guy my whole life. You know, there's no question about it. I loved doing it in high school, loved doing it at Saginaw Valley, loved it again and um, came in again and then, you know, was hoping to be the guy there and ended up, you know, splitting time with a guy by the name who I'm actually close friends with, his name's Zach Phillips. Um, and, you know, my senior year, it was just one of those situations where it's like, man, I could, I could try, for, try to be the guy. I could try to split time again. Um, and actually the head coach at the time, Coach Rizicki, came up to me and he said, listen, you know, we got to use your speed. You know, I was fortunate to have a lot of speed. And at the time, you know, a lot of reps under my belt at quarterback, but nothing at receiver. Um, and he said, you know, this was in the spring going into my senior year. He said, we'd love, you, you know, you can split time. You can do exactly the stuff you did last year. But I would rather have you at Wildcat quarterback. I would have, rather have you running the ball, running back. rather have you playing wide receiver. 
Um, so just, I think you should think about that switch, you know, and uh, I'm very close to my family, very close to my dad. And we kind of made the decision that, you know, with one year left, probably the best thing to do, because the reality is I didn't want to come off the field ever. Um, so I made that decision. I remember going to Marco Island, Florida, my dad, my, my brother, we worked out together and I just, we, we would work a lot of receiver stuff. My brother played receiver, plays receiver still in college. And I, I would call it new, new skill development day, you know, so I'd go down and, and, and do some backpedal stuff down to Florida over Christmas break. Uh, kind of anticipation for that next season. Um, and then Coach Riziki was actually my receiver coach. The head coach was the receiver coach. And Coach Hoyg was the OC, like I said. Um, and it just worked out well. I mean, I was, like I said, I was fortunate to have some speed, have some athletic ability. Um, but I really took to those two guys as coaching. Um, and Coach Riziki, if you if you know him, he's a very hard-nosed guy. So we were, you know, we were big blockers at receiver. We were expected to make tough catches and do the little things right. And, um, you know, from the kind of the beginning of camp, um, I, I kind of developed a knack at being able to run routes and being able to get open a little bit without truly knowing how to run routes at the time. You know, it was more just where, where a guy's at, I'm going to go the opposite because we had a lot of option type routes in, at Gannon. So, um, you know, I was fortunate to have a good year. I mean, we had a, a very high potented offense. We put up a lot of points. I don't know exactly where we were in the PSEC, but I would say we were in the top one or two with scoring um, and all kinds of different, you know, different um, styles of offense and, and putting up points. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. I ended up having, you know, like you said, I had a good year. It was all PSAC receiver, um, over 50 catches or so, and uh, just 11 touchdowns total. But I was very fortunate because I think all that stuff prior to um, kind of helped me reach that maximal, maximal potential at receiver. Um, and, and honestly, knowing playing quarterback in that offense and, and Coach Hoyg's offense was very complex and it was very pro-like. Um, to a quarterback helping it helped me understanding that and, and where the quarterbacks would want me to be and how would I get there um, you know so I really kind of ran with it and I was just very fortunate for that opportunity and that idea by both coach Riziki and coach Hoig and um, you know fortunately three years later after college I'm still playing and that has to do with those guys directly so I give them a lot of credit yeah man you were like the the Taysom Hill of Gannon University my man so <laughs> yeah yeah it was fun no question it was we had a lot of guys on that team man a lot of good players um you know, our offense, like I said, was pretty stacked, pretty loaded. And, uh, you know, it was it was a fun, very fun year. No yeah, question. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, that kind of, you know, switch making that move to wide receiver kind of opened up some pro opportunities for you. So, as you just mentioned, you know, what kind of pro interest did you have right after college? And do you feel you would have had that same, those same opportunities if you hadn't switched positions? Um, good question, man. I'm, like I said, I'm very hard-headed. I, I really think I can put any, do anything I put my mind to. Um, you know, and I thought I was a, I thought I did a lot of good things at quarterback. I don't know if I would have been playing in the pros at quarterback, whether it be CFL, AFL, had an NFL shot. I really don't. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I was always a good 40 runner and quick, but it definitely was an easier route, you know, to try to play at the next level was receiver. And how that kind of happened was, you know, going into that last year, did I have pro aspirations? I think everybody who plays college football thinks that, man, maybe I can play in the pros. But at the time, I was just trying to, I was worried about, catching every pass in spring ball. I was worried about catching and putting my yards together and uh, in the regular season, you know, I was not worried about trying to play in the pros and really how it happened was, you know, there was a, like a PSAC pro day and it was held at a place in Pittsburgh. Um, and I was, you know, coach Riziki allowed me to go. I was one of the co a couple of Gannon guys. I think um, Foster Resner might've went a DB for us, uh, you know, and we had some guys there um, and I went and I think I ran a four, a four, four or very, you know, very fast 40 time. And that kind of, I think I didn't hear much after that combine, but I, my agent reached out to me and said, you know, I talked to a guy that was there and he said, you were the fastest guy there. So I really think, you know, 
the speed thing helped me uh, really get a look. And, and from there, I went to a second pro day at Eastern Michigan. And because how the pro days work, you have to live in a radius, you know, to because to, yeah. Eastern Michigan's Division One school. I played in Pennsylvania, but I lived close enough to Eastern that I could go to that pro day, you know, barring um, access. So I had access to that pro day. I had ran another good 40 time. And then from there, I really didn't know. You know, I spent the next couple couple months hanging out with my agent, trying to figure out what the next moves were. I had interest from the Ottawa Red Blacks and the CFL, um, but really wasn't sure where that was going to develop and where that was going to go to. Um, and what it ended up, ended up happening was I was with my agent and a couple other guys that actually played pro and play, play pro still, Grant Russell, who's quarterback in the AFL, and Jake Sutherland, who played in the XFL with me. We were all at my agent's house, and uh, um, I – Got a uh, contact or doc. My agent said, "Hey, listen, Pittsburgh's going to give you a shot. You know, they're bringing you in for the mini camp look." And um, yeah, I was very, I was, I was pumped, man. I was excited. I mean, that was the first pro affiliation I had. I really didn't know what to expect, what to think. Um, but for playing receiver one year and running a good forty time, I was very fortunate, very blessed for that opportunity. And kind of that's how everything got the ball rolling. Um, was that was that offer that that mini camp invitation for the Pittsburgh Steelers? And that directly had to do with you know, once again, I give a lot of credit to Gannon and Coach Rizicki for allowing them for me to go to that pro day and you know, fortunately running well and, uh, you know, have an interest that way. So that's kind of how the ball got rolling for me. Yeah, for sure. So as you mentioned, you kind of made some pit stops with the Steelers. You also played in the arena football league with the Columbus destroyers before you finally got that shot with the XFL. Um, what was it like, you know, finally, you know, getting that XFL contract and, and getting a chance to start games and, and get consistent playing time right away? Yeah. I mean, it was awesome, man. And that, that's been the, the biggest blessing. Um, you know, throughout my football career, football journey was, you know, all that stuff, you're right. We're all like pit stops, you know, mini camp with Steelers. I was there for a few days, a couple, like eight practices or something, whatever it was. Uh, in the arena league, I played two games, but they were the last two games of the year. You know, I was in, I was also in training camp with the Ottawa Red Blacks in the CFL. Uh, and that, that didn't pan out for me for whatever reason. Um, so just to be able to get that opportunity and you're right, play and make the team um, was just a complete blessing. And, and, the XFL, I'll get into it more in, in detail, but just the relationships built in that league uh, has been a you know very, very uh, exciting thing for me. But kind of how that happened was, you know, my agent did a good job of getting me into like the XFL head combines, you know, and they were um, high priority guys only. <clears throat> you had to be, you know, a well-known guy. Your agent had to know somebody. So I got into that combine because I think, you know, maybe my Pittsburgh connections helped. Um, and there was like six or seven of them. There were showcases, you know, 100 guys at each. And I had a good, I had a good day. You know, I ran well. I had a very good shuttle time. I remember it was me and a kid named Flynn Nagel who played in the XFL for the Dallas team. We had two of the fastest shuttle times there. You know, and that that really helped. Um, but actually, I didn't hear anything after the first draft. There was a a main draft, and I remember being at home, thinking I had a lot of connection with the New York Guardians at the time. And I was thinking, man, this is going to be it. I'm going to play in the XFL. You know, this is it. I'm going to watch the draft and wait for my call. It happened, and they, you know, I should have never done it because it, it was a tough day, man. I went through the whole draft day and really didn't hear anything. Um, so the two teams I had connections with, I had some other school teams reach out. Seattle Dragons reached out, New York Guardians. I thought I was going to get drafted to. didn't happen. And then the Washington, D.C. defenders um, was Pep Hamilton, the head coach, and he lived in the Ann Arbor area for a little bit of time. Um, so I knew of him, and he, after the draft, he uh, was at – in the area working out with Cardell Jones and I kind of was fortunate enough to have a connection and I joined that workout. Um, and it really started off day one, coach Pep just wanted me catching balls, you know, didn't know really who I was, didn't, didn't trust me to run the routes, you know, I just didn't know any better. And day two, um, 
he was like, why don't you run a couple routes? You know, day three, I remember running every single route. It was for Tyree Jackson and Cardell. They were already defenders at the time. I was not, you know, I was just a guy trying to make it, trying to get to the league, trying to take the attention of um, the quarterbacks and the head coach. And by the end of that week of working out with those guys, I remember Coach Pep said, listen, man, I can't promise you anything, but you have left a lasting impression. You left a good mark. You've done a lot of good things. Uh, so, you know, I was actually – wasn't expecting much just because at that time you can't expect anything. The first draft to have draft had happened. I didn't know how the second draft was going to work. It was really just a supplemental draft. And I was actually on my way to visit people in Erie, Pennsylvania, believe it or not, the Erie connection. Um, and I got a call from coach Pep, you know, I remember where I was at ex exactly at on the turnpike. And he said, you know, Tyler, I was working at a golf course at the time too, man, just trying to make, trying to make ends meet. And he said, um, you know, you got to tell your friends at the golf course, you're going on a hiatus because I just drafted you. So that's how it happened. And, um, you know, I was, I was thrilled because that was the first time I've been drafted, anything like that. That was a big deal. Very exciting. Um, so then I got to minicamp and, you know, I think any of the guys in minicamp will tell you, I was probably 15 of 15 receivers that were expected to make the team. Um, but I, I stayed healthy and I stayed sharp and I caught every pass. I made it through minicamp, got to training camp. Uh, and, and, and really my time in the XFL, the way I would, describe it was just learning from great players I learned a lot from every receiver in that room Eli Rogers who had started for the Steelers for a bunch of games was on our team Malachi Dupree close friend of mine I mean he was he was a draft pick from LSU played in the NFL for a long time uh, Deontay or DeAndre Tompkins played at Penn State um, the list goes on and on at the receivers that helped me out that kind of took me aside and said listen we, you're a good athlete you just don't have the the reps that knowledge at receiver and we want to help you out you know so those guys really you know without their embrace and the, the relationships we developed, I don't know if I would have made the team. You know, I, that's the reality. And I, I played really well in training camp. And I remember Coach Bob, my receiver coach, you know, he said, at the end of the day, when it got to the, the, the meeting of who we were going to keep and who we were going to cut, your name came up and they said, we honestly couldn't afford to lose you because you just did everything right. I caught every pass. Uh, I was, I, I, you know, I was on time for everything, caught every pass, ran the route the correct way. Everyone knew where I was going to be. They could throw me the ball safely. You know, I separated well. Um, and I actually had, I think, six or seven catches in the preseason game, uh, which was a big deal for me. So I made the team, and boom, you're right. Just like that, I went from being 15 of 15 on the minicamp roster to, you know, one or the one or two Z um, in week one. And I ended up playing a decent amount of receiver. I started on every special team, and we beat the Seattle Dragons on ABC uh, for the XFL opener. Man, there was nothing like that. That was a very special day. And then the same thing, played in two more games, um, got sent to Team 9, got re – got brought back to the DC team and by week five was ready to play again. And the league folded or because of COVID uh, got shut down. So um, it happened so fast. Uh, so I've had nothing but time now since the league didn't go, didn't go in 21 to kind of reflect and, and just think about how everything had happened and how fortunate I've been. Uh, but it's been, uh, you know, it's been a blessing and uh, I'm a big fan and believer in the XFL. If it comes back, great. If it doesn't, you know, at least I've had that experience and, and developed those relationships. Yeah, just looking like it's going to come back with Dwayne The Rock Johnson over right now. So no it's looking no good. Question. So that leads us, you know, you mentioned a bunch of great guys you played with. So you got to you got to break it down for us, man. Who's the best player you've ever played with and against? If you can, name, if you have to name a yeah. couple, I guess that's fine. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, all those XFL guys were top, top tier guys. I mean, Raheem Moore was a second round draft pick. Matt Elam was a first round draft pick. Guys on my team that, you know, I've said it before, I was going against guys that, you know, they, they were first and second round draft picks every day. And my job was you got to separate, got to win. If I don't win on this release, if I don't win on this catch, then I might not make it to tomorrow. I mean, that's how pro football is. So 
to, to be able to do that all the time, um, I just give a lot of credit, honestly, to the PSAC and to the GLIAC because, you know, people say what they want about Division II football. If I didn't have those reps against great DBs in the PSAC, great DBs on our team, then I wouldn't have been ready to go against the best of the best in the XFL and in the NFL. So I got, you know, tons of respect for those XFL and NFL guys, best players I've ever played against and with, but I got to give shout outs um, to a couple guys. One, I mean, Marcus Jones uh, was our running back at Gannon. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with him, but he was the best player, I mean, I've ever played with. And I think a lot of guys on that team will tell you the same thing. I, yeah, I like to take a lot of credit, honestly, in our success at Gannon my senior year, but the reality is without Marcus, it wouldn't have worked. I mean, the dude ran for 2,000 yards. He was, a, he was a freak. He was a he was a beast. And we lived together, actually, our junior year. Um, I think it was his sophomore year. So I spent a lot of time with Marcus, very close with him. And, um, I mean, he was just – he was a man. He was the man out there. I mean, he did a great job. He was second in the in the Division Two Heisman in the Harlem Hill. I mean, he was the reason our offense went. So I got nothing but you know respect to show for Marcus. Um, and and the best player I've ever played against was actually when I was a starting quarterback at Saginaw Valley. I was a redshirt freshman starting against Grand Valley, and a guy by the name of Matt Judon, um, who plays for the Baltimore Ravens, was playing D line. And I remember that first. I mean, everyone knew who he was. We game planned for him. It was Matt Judon. He was a beast. Um, but he lit me up. I completed a, a five-yard out, but he lit me up and kind of let me know he was going to be there all day. And, um, we ended up getting beat, but he was probably the best player I've ever played against. And I would say that includes um, all those great DBs, all those great players in the XFL too. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. My man's doing his thing in the league. <laughs> no question. Yeah, no question. He was a, he was a beast, man. Yeah, so, you know, you played quarterback, you played running back, you played receiver. What do you love the most, throwing touchdowns or catching them? I'll tell you what, quarterback, like I've said before, was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I'm a spotlight guy, believe it or not. I don't know if you know that about me yet, Mike. I like being in the spotlight. I like <laughs> I like all that stuff, man. That's how I grew up. Um, my dad was always the coach, very well-known guy. You know, I liked being the quarterback. I liked being well-known. But the reality is that position, and anybody will tell you, is a lot of stress. Um, so I'd say it, that's a tough one. I'd say there's joy, a lot of joy when you throw a 40 yard touchdown pass uh, or a big completion like that on third and 10. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, that's a good one. I would have to say the quarterback position when you throw a touchdown pass, you just feels like, you know, everything kind of worked out, just the game plan worked out, the play worked out and you're directly responsible. We're at receiver. You know, I'm not going to say it's the easiest position in college football and pro football because it's not, but it's not as difficult as quarterback. You just got to catch the rock. Um, and if you're fast and you're quick and you're a good route runner, you know, good things will happen. So I'd say quarterback throwing a touchdown pass, probably nothing like it. But with that being said, catching a ball, running the ball, getting the end zone, all very special too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So how are you kind of staying ready during this pandemic for your next opportunity? Um, kind of the next thing is, you know, I, you're just in constant communication with your agent. You're hoping to get an NFL workout, hoping to get back on somebody's radar. You know, I was pretty confident after the XFL season, um, and the kind of the season I had uh, and the things I did in that year that, you know, maybe I would have another shot pretty quickly in the NFL. Uh, didn't happen, um, but that's okay. You know, it is what it is. It's part of pro sports. COVID kind of hurt a lot of different things. So right now it's just staying in shape. I actually work at a gym you know, up here in Michigan um, that allows me to do that. Uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a great fit for me. Um, so I stay in shape. Uh, I, I try to get in contact with NFL teams via my agent. And my, my dad actually does a lot for me too um, to try to get NFL workouts try to stay sharp, try to get back in the CFL a little bit here and there. Uh, and just really, I'm waiting on the next thing. I mean, like a lot of guys in my situation, they're really just waiting on the next thing and hoping for the best. And, you know, in the back of the, you know, there's XFL 2022 coming up, um, but you probably got to play somewhere in, in 2021 or at least stay in the best shape um, 
to, to be ready for that or more NFL workouts. So I just say that I'd say, you know, always, always on the phone, always in conversations, um, just hoping to hear something, hoping to get a workout, hoping to get another, another look is, is the reality. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, you kind of mentioned how, you know, the XFL, you know, I had to shut down a little bit early this, this past year due to COVID and everything. So what was like your kind of initial reaction and how, how did you kind of find out that your season was no longer going to be played? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we, uh, I, my roommate was named Nick Brissett, and he was the he was the starting running back at LSU when Joe Burrow was a junior, um, and we developed a close relationship. And I remember we were just in our room, and it was right before practice, week five of the XFL, and practice was at six a.m. It was a, right before we went to bed, and we just saw that the NBA had suspended. Um, and as soon as we saw that, you know, I think all of us kind of thought. And that's probably the direction pro sports is going, probably going to be us too. And I think it was that next day we had a team meeting, pretty urgent one that said, listen, you know, we're suspending, we're shutting down. We will play in three or four weeks. We just have to gauge the pandemic. Um, obviously that never happened. Um, and we got sent home. We were on a flight really that next day. Back home, I flew into Detroit. You know, it was, it was a weird time. It still is a very, very bad time with the pandemic. But at the time, you just didn't know how big it really was. So I was a member on the plane. I was afraid to touch anything. I didn't really know what was going on, you know. Um, and since it's been unfortunate, you know, that the whole league is, has not collapsed, but because of COVID, you know, it has to reset in 2022. Um, but like I said, you know, the one positive, it's allowed me to kind of reflect on what had happened because it happened so fast from mini camp to training camp, really to draft day too, that I really hadn't had – the amount of time to kind of process what was going on and, and how I made that happen. And, um, you know, so that's been the biggest thing. Got to spend tons and tons of time with the family. Uh, like I said, I ended up coaching high school football again with my dad up in Celine. He's the head coach. Um, and that's been, that's been, those have been the very, the very positive things in a, in a COVID thing that's not very positive in all, you know, altogether. So I'd say that's how I found out and um, kind of that's where we're at with it right now. Yeah. One more question for you, Tyler. Um, any advice for the young athletes out there chasing their professional football dreams? Yeah. I mean, what I'll say is, you know, it's very cliche, but you, the young guys out there and girls got to listen. I mean, the reality is anything is possible if you set your mind to it. I mean, um, I, like I said, my, as a senior, I never would have thought that I would be playing in receiver, had a shot with the Steelers, been in the NFL a little bit, played in the CFL, get drafted in the XFL. But the reality is I'm a big proponent and this comes from my dad and, and everyone in my family that a, the cream will always rise to the top. If you put yourself in a good position and B you have to just take everything one day at a time. I think too many people will try to, will try to look ahead too far. Um, and then they miss opportunities and they miss things that are happening right now that will set them up for the future. So that's my biggest thing, man. You got to take one day at a time. You got to get better. You got to get yourself in a rhythm where the only thing that matters is today. You know, you can dream, you can have those aspirations, but if you're not doing something daily um, to get yourself closer to those dreams, that, that's going to be the problem for you. You know, so I, really anything is possible is my point. You just got to really set your mind to it. You have to understand um, realistically what you can do to get there uh, and, and do it because the only one that can really stop you is yourself. Um, and that's that's my firm belief, man. So that's what I would say. You can do anything you set your mind to. You just got to take it a day at a time. Yeah, for sure. Tyler Paco, ladies and gentlemen, former Gannon wideout, all that good stuff. Cool. We'll be yeah, tuned. Nights. Yeah, we'll be tuned into your journey for sure, man. I appreciate you hopping on the show today. No problem, Mike. I appreciate your time. And uh, next time I'm in the Erie, man, we're going to get a picture together and we're going to hang out a little bit. No question. Hey, sounds good to me. Take care. All right, Mike.